Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I have a question for you. I was talking to my old buddy, Tad McDivitt. Now, Tad has been a great friend for a long time. Um, He is a published author when it comes to metaphysical topics. He has done a number of media appearances. He is a haunted Asheville tour guide who gets great reviews, and he is the chief occult researcher at my Asheville Mystery Museum. And frequently, Tad and I talk about the nature of reality and how that when people experience something extraordinary, we sort of categorize it and um, and file it in different ways. So here's my question for you, and and again, this is this is something that is inspired by my recent conversation with Ted, but something I have posed in the past. So let's say that you and I are in a busy bar, restaurant, so there are tons of people around. So I'm sitting there at the bar, and I turn and I look down the hallway, and I see, standing in the corner of the hallway, a woman with gray hair pulled up in a bun, and she's wearing an apron, And let's make it really interesting. Let's say her left hand is gone. And I turn to you sitting next to me and I say, well, that's kind of odd. And you go, huh? I go, yeah, look, uh, you see that woman? And you turn and you look in the same direction and you say to me, no, I, uh, I don't see a woman. I say, are you kidding me? You don't see that woman standing there. You say, nope. So then I get the bartender, and I say, what's up with the lady standing down there? And he says, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. And I start asking people in the bar, and nobody can see this unusual lady except for me. She looks just as solid and corporeal as possible. And then I say, well... Let me see if I can take a picture. So I reach into my pocket, I pull out my cell phone, and I snap a photograph of a hallway, and the photograph shows nothing. So now, I'm seeing this, but nobody else is seeing it. Nothing is showing up on camera. At this point, I'm very perplexed, of course, And so I say to the bartender, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I'm seeing a woman standing down here in the corner at the end of this hallway, and she has her gray hair pulled into a bun, and she's wearing an apron, and it looks to me like she only has one hand. And then the bartender goes, oh, oh, wow, okay, wait a minute. And then he disappears into the back and he comes out with an old black and white photograph 
of the woman and says, this is the lady who originally owned and operated this business decades ago. Now, here is my question to you. Is that real? I could see it in this hypothetical scenario. You couldn't see it. Nobody else could see it. I couldn't photograph it. And yet, me, myself, having no information about the history of the place, described something that was obviously, uncannily, specifically accurate to this person who has been there. At that point, well, whose reality is the reality? Um, scientifically, you might say, well, uh, if nobody else could see it and you couldn't capture it on your, your camera, it's not real. But then there was another level there of validation that could only be attained if I were experiencing something that had some kind of basis in historic reality. I think you see what I'm talking about here. And I, you know, was discussing with Tad this idea that, you know, sometimes you have levels of reality which seem to be resonating here within the scale that we document scientifically, the scale that most people can observe, the scale uh, at, at which you can photograph things and measure things. But humans possess this very strange and mysterious and to some degree perhaps unique thing called consciousness. And so is it possible that there are indeed realities that uh, are at a different resonance? They're nonetheless real, and you can verify that and validate that by comparing your experience to the background historical legacy. But on the other hand, it would not be considered scientific proof because you can't put it in a test tube. And this reminds me very much of these scenarios when you have uh, times when I, I've experienced this myself, when you're in some old creepy house and all of a sudden something paranormal occurs and one person says, oh my gosh, I just saw a ball of light. And the next person there says, I didn't see anything, but I heard a sound. It sounded like a voice. And then the next person says, I didn't see anything or hear anything, but I felt just then like something tapped me on the shoulder. And then you have someone who says, I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't feel anything, but I suddenly smelled flowers or cigar smoke or whatever. And you come to the conclusion that what we are often talking about here is some type of a manifestation that connects with each of us in a different, unique way. And that really shouldn't seem so surprising if you consider that each of us are 
truly unique. You have your own DNA uh, that's supposedly uh, pretty unique, unless you're a, an identical twin. But even if you have an identical twin, I, we know that identical twins do not behave identically. You have your own fingerprints, etc. So this is a very, very strange phenomenon. And this is not just hypothetical. I know of a number of circumstances where this has happened. As a matter of fact, this happened very much like I just described to my wife, Lauren. Um, there was a point in her life before we met, and, and Lauren has never been one of these psychic sensitive types who says, I can peer into other dimensions. She was um, staying in a house with her mother, and at that time her mother was dating a man uh, whose family had owned that house. And at one point, Lauren was in the kitchen of the house, and nobody else was around, and she was quite shocked to look down the hallway and see this old ball-headed guy go walking across the hallway. And she said to her mother, who's this guy in the house? And her mother goes, huh? And then they talked to the guy whose family owned the house, and Lauren described what she saw, and then same type of deal. The guy goes and he pulls out pictures, and sure enough, this figure that she saw looked exactly like his father, who had died in the house. So the question becomes, is your reality the reality? Because understand now, the purpose of the scientific method is to give us some kind of common ground that we can use in order to accurately reference each other's experiences. The goal of science is not to teach us the truth. It's to give us a model that is consistent with the current observations. And that's why scientifically, things are constantly changing and developing and evolving, that's because we're currently uh, in the process of, of developing all kinds of new ways of observation. So that is to say, you can't uh, talk to somebody who lived a couple hundred years ago about what's out there in outer space and expect them to have the same opinion as someone nowadays who has access to the Hubble telescope or, or, or something like that. So um, science is a, a method of exploration which is constantly developing and evolving. So, okay, given all that, now we have to say, all right, let's get back to the basic question here. What is reality? Whose reality is the reality? Who gets to take the top priority? Who gets to take the prize and say, well, my reality supersedes your reality? And now, granted, there are occasions, many occasions, when you or someone else might see something and it just seems to be a hallucination, something generated by the mind, perhaps. But what if sometimes it's not that? What if sometimes certain people can sense or perceive things 
that only consciousness can detect on an individualized basis, but does not appear, manifest, materialize within that realm necessary for our current level of scientific documentation. Do you think that sometimes if you have an amazing experience, you see some creature, you see some apparition, you see some phenomenon occur, that maybe it is real just because you have seen it, even though it can't necessarily be reduced down into some kind of empirical, shared, collective bit of data given our current level of scientific reasoning? I think so. I think that that is probably obvious because how are we supposed to understand the nuances of how and why someone is able to perceive something if we don't even understand at this point what perception and consciousness itself seems to be. And so it's possible, I think, to be a person who observes paranormal phenomena all the time and yet has never actually observed one single thing that could be proven in a scientific sense that doesn't make it any less real necessarily but just something out of the range that we can currently document in the shared collective scientific way now if you know much about my past you know that I do believe the scientific method is a great thing because I believe it is the best method that we have what's the alternative and yet I do not think that we should fool ourselves into being so arrogant so egotistical as to believe that we humans who were born into this incredible, vast, majestic, complex creation, should determine or be capable of determining what is necessarily real and what is not real in anything other than the objective, personal sense. Now, if you take my online paranormal investigator course you will see me go through the process of describing the scientific method and how to measure things and how to to speak about things in a language that others can appreciate in a language that considers the current model of scientific enlightenment but you will also see that I transcend that into saying, listen, scientists today know things that scientists did not know 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. So don't be so arrogant and egocentric. I don't care if you're a philosopher, if you're a scientist, you're, you're a poet, 
you're a musician, you're a dreamer, whatever your perspective is, never be so arrogant as to think that you know everything because obviously we are just now, thanks to the Internet, beginning to share experiences so that we realize there is a different level of documentation there which goes beyond what you can deduce and reduce down to bits and pieces in a lab. It also has to do with the human experience. Maybe you've heard me say this before. Fine, I'll say it again. You have some scientist out there observing, doing the best job he or she can, using scientific instruments. But guess what? Those scientific instruments were imagined by a human designed by a human, created by a human, calibrated by a human, used by a human, interpreted by a human. You cannot remove the human nervous system from anything, no matter how solid and objective that you might pretend that it is. None of us, so far as I know, gets to have the top priority, the top opinion, when it comes to determining what is reality. So maybe some of the things that you've experienced when you've seen paranormal stuff are real. They are just not happening in the dimension, and that's a very convenient word, but fine, not happening in the dimension that we can apply to our current level of shared experience and documentation. And the good news is, that means we are constantly evolving, we're growing, we're learning more, and we are opening our minds. Think about that, and maybe it will help you understand some of the things that you have experienced in your life as well. Uh, this podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. I produce one of these every day. They are short. They are free. All you have to do is go to joshuapwarren.com, click the link at the top to the podcast, and you can subscribe uh, via various means. You can also follow me on Twitter, and I usually uh, will post on Twitter when I have a new one ready. But also, if you're at joshuapwarren.com, please check out my curiosity shop. And if you're the type of person who's interested in my online paranormal investigator class that I will be so bold as to say is the very best in the world, I hope that you will take it. You will join the ranks of all the other people who have done this around the world, and you will love it. All right. Uh, as usual, thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.